You're listening to a message from Pastor Kenny Garrett recorded at a live service at the General Baptist Church God's House of Prayer located in Fairborn, Ohio. Open your Bibles to the book of Mark. We'll be in the first chapter. Stand with me when you get there. Mark chapter 1, we'll just read a couple verses. Mark chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Will you bow your heads? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, once again for the chance you've given us to assemble. I pray, Lord, that you anoint me to preach the message you've given me, anoint ears to hear, and hearts to understand. Draw us each closer to each other as you draw us closer to yourself. And we will never fail to give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. So here we are together, all of us, and we are going to continue our discussion and our study into salvation, into the uh, ins and outs, and something that the goal is that we are able to understand it, not only for ourselves, but that we can communicate it uh, to those around us. Last week, we talked much of what uh, real repentance looked like when a person meets the Lord in prayer, that they're casting away their idols and now worshiping a living God. They're worshiping a living Savior with every action that they take in their life. They're growing and learning every day. They're giving more and more Uh, control over to the Holy Spirit every day. They are having life and having it more abundantly every day. So this morning, I wanted to focus on what Christ says here in the beginning of the book of Mark. When he simply says, repent ye and believe the gospel. So if we're together on what repent ye looks like, And how to communicate that and how to show that in our lives, that we worship God with every action that we take, we then move on to the believe part. Now, we as Christians and church folks love that word believe. I've heard many believes. Right? We all have our list. I believe that a woman can have short hair, but a man shouldn't have long hair. And I believe that I can go to a restaurant on Sunday, but I also believe that nobody should work on Sunday. I believe you can wear jeans to church, but not shorts. I believe uh, God wants me to be happy. I do not believe in church membership. I believe, I believe, I believe. And it's hard for me keep track of everything that everybody believes that's in this room. 
The list goes on and on and on and on. Now, I believe that God helps those that help themselves. And I believe uh, that the only music in heaven is bluegrass music. That one's one of mine, right? And just like all of your miscellaneous beliefs, none of that amounts really to a hill of beans. It's a statement based solely on your personal taste, traditions, personality, and your outlook. The Bible says in the book of Romans, who hath been God's counselor? It's part of us deciding what's good and what's bad, what's right and what's wrong. It's the original sin that was committed in the Garden of Eden. We start to describe God in the I believe terms, and the God we're describing starts to sound a lot like us. So I've said it a hundred times that nobody really cares what you believe. And when I first said that in the city of Fairborn, eyebrows shot up. Nobody was used to hearing that. And I don't say things like that just for the sake of being confrontational. I say things like that because you and I are dealing with eternity. You and I, as the church, are dealing with people's souls. Where they dwell for eternity, either in heaven with a loving God or in hell absent of his presence and his provisions. So we have to get serious about this. And just because that you and I have completely abused the word believe does not change what Christ said in the Bible. Amen. It still says, repent ye and believe. So here we are together. Trying to figure out what believe means. How do we explain that? How do we tell somebody to believe? It's part of our duty of making disciples. We're charged with that. So when somebody comes in the back door and we say, repent ye, we're together on that. And believe. What do we tell them? Well, we might say that you just believe God is real and that you fear God, you just believe. But the Bible says in the book of James, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So now what? How do we tell somebody who's lost and undone that there's a Savior that loves them? That there's hope found in the cross. And all that's required is repenting and believing. We have to go further. Our next sentence to them might sound like something like you have to have faith. And that's not an incorrect answer. But it's just as difficult a concept to grasp. If I tell you to believe or to have faith. The person may not exactly know how or, or what it looks like, what it feels like. And if we just keep saying it over and over again in different ways, we're being of no help to them. And this is part of how the modern church communicates. It's the language of the redeemed and blessed. It's church talk. And in itself, it's not bad. 
You and I speak it. And we generally speak it very well. Mark speaks it wonderfully. And this whole time I've been preaching, if you're saved and with us this morning, you're probably thinking, I know how to believe. I just can't put it into words. And that's because you too speak the language of the redeemed and blessed. And I pray that all of our loved ones and family members one day speak that same language. But to the lost folks, it does no good. We have to be better communicators with topics like salvation. We have to be able to explain and to help someone along uh, with topics like repent ye and believe. Souls hang in the balance. So we have to be able to plainly say that believing the gospel, that having faith is the exact same as trusting the promises of God. That's a little bit easier concept to grasp. When we believe, when we have faith, we are actually trusting in the promises of God. When he says he's coming back, we trust that he's coming back. When he says that he's made a way for us, we trust that he has made a way. When he says he loves us, we trust that he loves us. One topic that I've not addressed, that's all over the news, and I'm going to hopefully demonstrate this with this example for you. It's a pretty weighty example, but all over the news, throughout our nation, uh, there have been several recent church shootings, and we've all seen it. We all know about it. Uh, I don't know if you found it strange that I've remained silent on the topic, because I've spent a couple years getting us ready for the future, getting us ready for things to come but that I remain silent on this topic. So I'll explain that this morning. Of course, we know that it's happened in Texas. It happened in South Carolina. To a lesser degree, it has also happened in Dayton. I don't know if you know that or not. If you remember that news story, um, the situations surrounding the event were more personal, but it still took place inside the church. Uh, It wasn't as random as the other ones, but still. Uh, There was danger there. So everyone as Christians, as as people that come to church, has an opinion on this topic. And they range in varying degrees. Some people believe that no firearm should ever enter the house of the Lord. Some people go to the other extreme. My mother believes we should uh, pass out the pistols when you get here and collect them from everybody when you leave. And everybody is either, you're somewhere in between there with your opinion, right? Um, We all lie between those statements. Now, I'm no expert on mass shootings or public safety. And the reality is neither are you. There's only one person in this room, to my knowledge, that does have an expertise or a practical working in that area. 
So where we're going, where I'm going this morning with that is our official stance is when, when Brother Ryan tells me that we need a stance, then we'll get together on one. But until that time, I'm not going to insert my opinion. I'm not going to tell you what I believe. I'm not going to say anything I don't really understand. I must simply stand on the promises of God because that's my area of expertise. Now, I know what it says in the Bible. When they were building the walls around Jerusalem, Nehemiah armed the people. All the builders had a sword girded about them. They set guards that were armed. They were on watch. God charges us to be stewards, and I understand that. The Bible also says that Nehemiah was led of God. So we know that God will lead us. And if there's a time that we need to change what we're doing, I believe the Holy Spirit will let us know. Now you might say, by we, we have done nothing, we've changed nothing up to this point. When you see things on the news, are you afraid? That's, and, and that's my answer as, as the pastor. When God will lead us. It's biblical. It's found in the fourth chapter of Nehemiah. Um, and we'll go from there. But as a Christian, as an attender, it's just me alone. If somebody asked me if I was worried about going to church, I'd say absolutely not. And not because I believe harder or have more faith, but I simply trust the promises of God. In the book of Isaiah, there's a scripture that says, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I know that. So I boldly come into the house of the Lord. I can rest easy in trusting in the promises of God. I'm not afraid uh, to be about the Lord's work. Once you believe and realize that it's the same as having faith and that is the same as trusting in the promises of God, you must learn that you need to know what the promises of God are. That it's not up to you to decide what you believe. And it's not up to you to investigate God. You can know nothing about God that God has not revealed to you in His Word. The Sunday school lesson this morning, I caught the tail end of it, talked about Christians who don't really seem to be Christians. The reality of Christianity is that when we cast away our idols and we start to worship a loving and true God, the creator of heaven and earth, we want to know what he says. And it's not an a la carte type thing. You can't thumb through the Bible and take what you like and discard what you don't like. Amen. This is not let's make a deal. God, the creator of heaven and earth, stood uh, and, and gave, us us gave us his word and said this is the deal. There's no negotiation. You can't just choose the blessing and forget the discipleship. You can't just choose uh, protection from God and forget about uh, stewardship in, your, in finances. We, we want the healing. We love to hear sermons about healing, but we don't like to hear sermons about tithing, right? 
And it, it always bothers me when I hear statements of belief that are not based on what the Bible tells us. Since you have met me and known me here, uh, I'm a little, I can be a little bit argumentative. I love a good debate. And you guys have kept me on my toes. And the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. And sometimes there's sparks when those iron come together. But I hope you realize I've never, ever wanted to be right. I don't want to be right. I want to be biblical. And if I'm not biblical, somebody tell me. Because I want to get biblical real quick. Because that's how this works. God tells us about himself, about life, and his word. And, and we believe that. We believe that God's real. We trust in his promises. We learn what the promises are. We don't have to figure them out. He's told us. Now, in, the, in this year to come, we're, last year we preached all through Ephesians about the church corporate that what we look like together, all together. But in this year to come, we're going to take a lot of topics, and we're going to get together on these topics. Like when we tell somebody that the Bible says repent and believe, that we can communicate that effectively, that we're able to say this is what repentance is and this is what real belief is, that we don't lead them down odd roads where there's a decision one time, and we'll get into this next week, uh, I've used the, the I've heard the word sincere attached to belief. It's got to be a sincere belief. It's not bad. It's not wrong because it must be sincere. But when you leave it there, it creates doubt in the future. Was I sincere enough? And you have a culture of dedication and rededication. And we'll talk about that next week because it's just not biblical. Uh, the other thing that I don't understand is when we, we profess our Christianity, when we truly cast away our idols, um, when we believe, have faith, and trust in the promises of God, how, how are we not learning more about what the promises are? How are we not deeper in what the Bible says? How are we not basing that first? That we approach the Word of God as, as Christians not to uh, tell us or to affirm what we already believe, but to really seek out the Scriptures and rightly divide the Word of Truth and see what God's stance is on the matter. And we'll talk a little bit more uh, about all those things next week. Stand with me this morning. Ask Sister Dan to come, Brother Mark, as well. If I had started this sermon by asking you to list everything you believe, you would have had a hard time coming up with your list because you would need to think and form an opinion. But the reality is that. Uh, 
If you're a Christian, what you believe is found between the leather and this book, right? If we come up with a list of what we believe, we would all just hold up our Bible. And then if it says it in this book, then it pertains to us. That the book is without error, uh, that it's timeless, that it's living. Uh, It's part of a tremendous blessing given to us by our Creator. Now, it's not exhaustive. There's things that the Bible are mute on. We don't get to know everything. But I promise you, um, God has given us more uh, in his word than we could ever, ever. um, Let me restate that, that we will never be lacking uh, by knowing what is in God's word. Amen. Amen. Sister Diane. 